This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. For all, NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, y'all? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast, and we're back. It's Nat and Justin. We're here to bring the vibes, and the vibes are needed. They've been missing. So Jordan helped us get those vibes. Let's start with him. He was the story of the night, right? Versus the Raptors. He went off, carried the team. This is what he gets paid to do. This is what we expect him to do. We know he's capable of doing this. So it was a welcome sight to see Jordan doing his thing. Yes, I get it. It was the Raptors, and they've been on a downturn anyway. So this is a game they should have won and needed to win. But that's what you need to do. You need to just start winning the games you're supposed to win, right? And can win without Steph. So. Yep. Mm -hmm. Great, great win. A lot of excitement I saw on the TL. So, um, yeah. How did you enjoy the game, Justin? Yeah, it was a good, great effort from them. They established early on their, like, defensive identity. You know, like you said, it is the Raptors, and the Raptors kind of struggle with being able to hit shots outside and stuff like that. But I think they came out with the right intensity. Um, Pascal tried his best to kind of carry the Raptors offensively with some of his shot making, but um, they they held steady. I think the Raptors end up shooting under 40% or something on the game. Mm-hmm. So they did what they were supposed to do in the defensive end, and Jordan was just steady throughout the entire game. Um, he was showing that he could be that four-level scorer that he's shown that he could be, you know, like last year. Four-level scorer? Wait a minute. Four What's level. the fourth level? The free throw line. The free throw line. So, yeah. <laughs> so, he, he was hitting threes. He was getting to the basket, hitting middies. And when he got fouled, he hit his free throws. Like, that's the fourth level. Right that's there. the fourth level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a Justin so, invention or that's a real thing? I mean, I've never heard anybody else say it. But okay, I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else said it before. But Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, did I miss something? Like, uh-oh, am I like, did I miss something? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I like it. So, Four level scores. That's what we're rocking with. Yeah, yeah. He but then by be that, that definition, like Ron isn't a four level scorer. <laughs> right, right. The free throws is has been his kind of downfall in that in that regard for the majority of his career. Correct. Um, yeah. So yeah, Jordan was that. He I want to say he hit like six threes or something like that. He could have got fifty um he like his last two or three shots kind of rimmed out when he was trying to get 50 but um i said before the season started that him steph and clay were going to have multiple 40 point games individually um and they're all i think steph's at three and him and clay are both at one at this point so i think they'll both they him and clay are both getting together up. though while they're on the court even if it's just two of them i can't expect three to have those kind of games but even if yeah. it's not like 40 point games like 
you know, one with a 40, one with like a, you know, 30, and then maybe the other with the, like, I just want a game where all three of them like kind of do their thing. And mm-hmm. I don't, have we had one like that yet this season? This season, I got to go check the box scores, but I don't think so. Um, it's just tough because they're all rhythm players. You know what I mean? Especially Clay at this point in his career, he's not a guy who can typically go from cold to hot um, as much as he used to be able to. Um, but yeah, it's just tough because, you know, when one of them's out, then it allows the other two guys to get them out of shots and the rhythm and the touches that they need to really get going. Um, Steph is going to get going, like, regardless, even unless he's just, like, out of it. You know, he has those games where he's just kind of, like, letting other guys do their thing. But I think Jordan and Clay are definitely more dependent on touches to be their, the best version of themselves. And uh, it's just going to be tough for them to all have a game where they combine for, like, 80 together. You know what I mean? So maybe it's coming if, you know, it's just one of those nights where they all got it going. Like against last year against Milwaukee, I think Steph, I mean, not Steph, Clay and Jordan really had it going and Steph kind of took a back seat. But I don't know. It's just it's just tough to get three guys on that type of heater for them to do that. But Well, Milwaukee, last year, Milwaukee, same like this year, where they were really focused on trying to stop Steph. So he just like let his mm-hmm. teammates cook. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, they weren't cooking this game this year, I think. <laughs> right. That was literally it. That's the difference between this year's game and last year's game. Uh, and maybe when they play in San Francisco, they'll have, like, one of those games where all where those two are picking up the slack. But Look, it was definitely nice to get a road W, and we'll talk a little bit about their next two upcoming games on the road. But I really feel like they should win one of those two games. The Knicks have been on a run. Like they, you know, they've Nets been playing too. well. Nets too, yes, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think like, I saw a stat. It was like it's the first time in like however many years that both the Knicks and Nets are on a six-game winning streak at the same time. So I mean, but like the Nets, like they have at least two like stars, right? And it's the second night of the back-to-back, so that's like advantage to me already. Nets and. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Kerr is going to play Clay. He should. I feel like during this time with Steph out, there should not be any like, I'm not playing you on back to backs. But also because they're going to have a few days before the Christmas game, I feel like you can just play him because there's going to be like three days to rest, you know, before Christmas. And then hopefully you're getting Andrew back anyway. So that would be like a jolt. So I'm hoping he plays Clay both games, but I don't know. So that's why I'm saying like they need to be able to win one of those games. So I'm going to say like the Knicks game, you know, like they're, I would still say they're the inferior team. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely go for that game more. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the goal should be to split the games, but if you can win both, that would be great. I'm trying to see if, nope, the Nets do not have a game before they play the Warriors. So they will be having today, tomorrow off. So they have two. They have two days, two of days rest. Of, yeah, like yeah. So definitely advantage to them as far as energy level going into that game. But we'll see. I mean, Draymond gets up for playing against KD, so we'll see. Young uh, legs and Kaminga. Right, right. This is a game Kaminga can really make an impact because he's going to have to guard KD. He's, he might have to guard Kyrie at some point too. Um, he got to be careful of that swipe through because you know KD going to try to get him with it. Yeah. Yeah, just use his, use his body, not, his, not necessarily his hands. Make sure his hands are up because KD has a high release. Um, you know, 
try to crowd them up and stuff like that. So it's going to be an interesting game for sure. If they beat the Knicks down, like, and just blow them out, and it might be, you know, a game where they just like, all right, we're going to have enough energy to play against the Nets. So hopefully that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, it would be great if they could get that and get back to 500. But then if they lose the next day, they'd go back a game under 500. I'm just hoping, like, look, this home stretch is coming up at a good time because they should all just play better at home. So hopefully that can at least help them hover or stay near or around 500 with Steph out. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I know Steph's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, but Shams was saying that they they're expecting like a month and i know like this injury is like four to six weeks depending so i sort of feel like if they're hovering around 500 or can get a little bit over it may be like a little over four weeks you know like closer to six weeks but like if they're really struggling it might be like all right four weeks you know so um obviously i want stuff to be well and to be better but for my own selfish reasons I want him at least back within those four weeks because like sure. this is like when I'm making my trip to the Bay and it's not even just about like, Oh, cause I mean, I've seen Steph play. It's just that like, you know, I'm going to have the opportunity to do a post game and like go ask questions. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? So mm-hmm. going by your 24 day timeline, which did you do that before Shams reporting about the 30 days or you had already known about that and still said like 24 days. Um, I want to say it was, uh, I want to say after. after. Yeah, I was just thinking, yeah, I was just thinking four weeks in my mind. And I think Shams might have uh, just confirmed, confirmed that. But yeah, I was just thinking what's a month, what's a month ahead from when he actually got injured. And that's around that, that time where they go yeah, back so on that, the road. I think like you said, like 24 days, that would put him back for the Orlando game. So my hope was like, maybe he could like, come back for that Suns game um because mm-hmm. you think they're probably going to want to try to like if possible play him at home a little bit before going on the road yeah that's my that was my thought well I hope you're right Justin um Same. I really hope you're right um because I really would like the opportunity obviously to watch stuff play but also to like who knows I may not even get to ask him a question but I just want to like be you know like mm-hmm in that environment and seeing it. And so I'm hoping that he just, you know, has like some kind of speedy, quick recovery, which is possible, you know? So anyway, yeah, like reevaluated have... in two weeks. So right. They can say, yeah. They can say, Oh, he's good. We only got another week and a half before, you know, so we'll see. Yes. I'm a little all over the place because like we haven't talked in a while because we didn't record after the Philly game. Right. Um, and the last time we recorded, we knew about Steph's injury because it happened that game, but we were sort of just speculating and we have more information about that. And then we got a win last night. So we have to like dig into some of this stuff. Like we just kind of scratching the surface level, but we got a lot to, to, to discuss. So I'm a little curious. Okay. Last night's game was good. Um, fans were not pleased that Ty Jerome and we know why Ty Jerome has to play, right? Like, I suppose they need another ball handler. Um, That's what you told me. That's what people like Justin tell me. And he's very smart. So I listen to Justin, but, um, (laughs) um, but people, the, the TL, the fans, dub nation, they were not pleased that Ty Jerome and the combination of Anthony lamb, those two 
were getting minutes over um, Jonathan Kaminga. Um, and so what were, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, like you said, Ty Jerome just provides some more ball handling. So they, they kind of need to play him just for the point guard duties and just bringing the ball up the court and stuff like that. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes with the ball, like turning it over. <clears throat> so they can rely on him when steps out to provide. I didn't like that. that three he shot. What game was that in Philly to end the quarter? Like he, do you remember? Did you, I don't, was it the half or the, I don't remember what it was, yeah. but it was about to be the end of the quarter and they were like trying to get something. And they had like, I think almost like the full shot clock and I'm just watching him dribble and dribble. I'm like, <laughs> I know this fucking clown is going to take the shot. And he took it and he bricked it. And I'm like, I knew this fucker was going to shoot the shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tweeted. <laughs> yeah. The two way guys kind of get ahead of themselves with the shot selection sometimes. Um, like who do they think they are? Like, uh, I remember times like Kerr getting on stuff about his shots and these fucking guys come in the game. Like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, they are not trigger happy at all, which has kind of been the opposite of the role players that the Warriors have employed over the years. Uh, yeah, so Ty, <laughs> Ty, he plays to, to provide that. And then Lamb... I mean, it's just the same story with Lamb all the time, like, quote unquote, bigger body, but he really can't guard bigs like Toronto. He just looks small against Toronto and Philly. So him playing over Kaminga sometimes doesn't make sense. But Kaminga last night, he kind of reverted back to like being a little bit too jump shot happy. I think um, he settled for a lot of mid range pull ups when he could have really enforced his will at the rim a little bit more. He had one drive on Chris Boucher where he just went hard left and Chris Boucher was just kind of too too thin for him so he just turned the corner on him and went straight up and kind of body through him and got the tough layup and he could have did that all night if he wanted to but he kind of settled a little bit so but i think that's why curry didn't in game teachable moment like isn't that just like yeah. a pull over and say something to him does it always have to be i'm gonna bench you like what the fuck i see that trigger happy idiot sorry i see that trigger happy player shoot i see lamb fucking up all over the court last game i was like get this guy off my fucking team right like he was making mm. all kinds of mistakes he's not benched why does kaminga always have to be benched that's a good question that's you know steve kerr he i guess he's doing his his best phil jackson type of Shit is impression where he has to he tries to do play mental games with his players uh so i'm assuming that's what it is same thing with Moody. Like, for some reason, he tried to make it seem like Moody is just like this mistake maker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he was like, and the turnovers. I'm like, bro. He doesn't turn over any more or less than any of the exactly. other Exactly. Do you know what team we have? Like, right. Right. And Moody played well again. He didn't necessarily like, he's, and this is kind of what I feared with Moody, where the, you put too much of a locket on his game. So now he's just doing strictly role player stuff, right? Which is cool, but you want to see, especially a lottery pick, you want to see him go out there and make some plays that other guys don't typically make, like being able to score and, you know, make plays. Like Jonathan's going out there and he's kind of found his niche within his role, but he'll also provide some things that they need that are just dynamic stuff that other guys on the team can't do. I think Moody can be that type of shot maker for them. Um, just offensive player, like attacking closeout and making a play off the dribble. I mean, he averaged 30 plus 
in the G League for a reason. He can score. Like that's his that's his thing. So um I'd like to see Moody get his confidence back a little bit more in his offensive game and they let him explore that some more. Uh, but if he's doing the role player things, which he's been doing, playing defense, playing hard, going after rebounds, even if they're not in his area, creating more opportunities for his team, um, then he should get more minutes and he should get a, a longer rope. So hopefully that's what's coming. But we'll sure. see. Moody be out there hustling. And right. that's the only look. There's never a great thing for Steph to be out and injured. But this is what I see as the positives, that these guys are going to be forced to get minutes and hopefully mm-hmm. can cement you know, permanent spots in the rotation. Um, I mean, I know Kaminga's going to have one, but I would like to see Moody, even if he's like a 10th guy, like, you know, I would just like to see him or someone like maybe they're struggling, can't get a little offense and curves. Like, you know what? Let's try Moody and feel comfortable enough to like put him out there. So mm-hmm. that's my hope for him. But you know what? Let's break right here. We have more to get into. Um, and the vibes are back. The vibes are back. Even if it's just for one game or one episode, the vibes are back today, right? <laughs> yep. It's kind of like a, that theme. We're going back and forth. Good to bad. Good to back, bad. Back, back, and forth. You know that song? That's a Leah. That was of a little course. before your time. Oh, you know. Come on now. I know that song. <laughs> What's going on? That's crazy. I'm wild, disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Come on. I know what you youngins know. All right. Y'all, we'll be right back. It's Golden Spaces. Stay tuned. ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It's Golden Spaces with Justin and Matt. We're back. It's an Odyssey original podcast, y'all. Yeah, let's get it. It's vibes over here. The holidays. We're about to be back to 500. You know, we're golden. We're going to, yo, just speak it into existence. Speak it yeah. into existence. We all knew Jordan could do this. He's given us some life again. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Yeah, shout out to JP. 
I put out that yeah. tweet. What did I say? I said, yeah, JP has been bad this season. Ever since then, ever since I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it, but ever since then, he been he been taking care of his business. So I'm not gonna lie, when I don't always get to watch the games live, they sometimes Uh-oh. tend to play well. And I'm like, listen, am I a jinx? But I ain't gonna stop watching them. So I mean, you can watch them win a championship, so I wouldn't say they gotta figure that it you're out. Jinxing it. Yeah, but every year is a different thing, you know. Maybe this year. Last time when I went over to the Bay, though, they won both of those games. And people were like, you need to stay and go to every game, you know? Yeah. I'm like, do I have that, like, Warriors Reddit luck? Because every game he's been to ever, they've won. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, like, because last year in the playoffs, uh, well, in the regular season, I would bet on the Warriors sometimes and, you know, the results kind of varied, but once the playoffs came around, I was like, I'm not betting on them. I don't want to jinx it. All right, so <laughs> they won a championship that way, but it's kind of back to the same thing in a regular season where it's like, whether I bet or not the results, I'm not, I don't influence the results. I bet and they won and I bet and they lost. <laughs> so I'm going to just keep betting on them. Even though Clay, Clay cooked me last night, Clay cooked my power, my parlay. I needed him to get 25, but it's all right though. <laughs> I'd rather him not be a chucker and go for and go for 25 inefficiently. So uh I'd rather have the win. But <laughs> so Justin, y'all, he has like a fresh cut. Got his little man bun <laughs> going on. Got my man bun. So he got all like spiffy for our recording. No, I don't think it was for me, but you know. <laughs> Since y'all can't like see us all the time, I like to report on like the comings and goings of what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but let's get back to basketball. Let's get back to basketball. So Clay didn't light up the box score last night, but he played a good game. He played within the flow of the offense. He did good things, right? Yeah. Um, what did you like from from Clay last night? Um didn't force too many shots. He only took 14 shots. Uh, defensively, he was sound. You know, he got put on an island a few times with guys, and he, you know, I've felt extremely confident in his ability to stop those dudes. You know, at this point in his career, he just may be a big wing defender rather than, like, a quick guard or, like, even, like, one of those movement guys. Um, He did well on Scotty Barnes, on Siakam and stuff like that. So that just may be his role right now. until you know maybe he can regain some of that quickness back to guard because he he guarded Jalen Brown well in the finals in those last few games so maybe he he does have it still in the tank um it just might have to be saved for the playoffs but yeah move the ball and he just did all all the little things that he's supposed to do he didn't force anything and that's really all you can ask from Clay at this point I'm just hope he understands that as long as he's doing that then the team is in a much better place he doesn't have to be the you know 60 points in a quarter clay every single night just let the game come to him and you know he's that good of a player that if he does that he's going to have enough good performances to still validate his claim as one of the best players in the league so yeah just a good good sound performance from him he was not respected in that ringer ranking i don't remember where they had him but they had him like i want to say like in the 60s maybe yeah I think this, um, those type of things bug him too. That's why he's he has those games where he presses a lot. Because, you know, yeah. it started with the top 75 thing and just, you know, guys in the media not really respecting him a lot. So I think it bugs him a lot. But 
Yeah, let's keep talking about like the individual players and kind of just talk about what's up with them over like the last two games and just, you know, the status of the team. So Draymond came out and hit three threes last night, right? But the game before, like, I don't know. So it's like, I thought like we were kind of getting back. Like, I know we're not going to ever have like Dre averaging 14 points a game, but I thought we started to kind of get back this season to a Dre who understand that he needs to do a little bit more on offense. And then like then the last couple of games before last night, he sort of like did that. I'm not doing anything on offense, like scoring. I shouldn't say, I'm not saying that he's not going to like, you know, Mm. play, make and do other things, but he wasn't like, when I'm saying on offense, I'm specifically talking about him scoring and trying to like, you know, um, get some shots, whatever it is. And so what, what do you think that is? Because I know oftentimes you're like, man, they're tired, overworked from having to do shit. And I'd be like, whatever, Justin. So, like, do you think it's that? I'm not saying that's the reason, but do you think it has mm-hmm. something to do with fatigue? Like, what is it that you think, like, makes him, like, on these, some of these games where he's just like... And, like, these were games we needed to win. So we can't say that they didn't matter, right? right. Um. So, like, what is that? Because it's annoying when he does it. I think it's matchups. To be honest, I think he is a limited offensive player. He knows it. And if you play against a team with a decent rim protector, he's probably not going to get, you know, those easy layups or some of the driving layups that he could get against other teams, right? So, like, last night, um, I think he just got hot early with the threes. I think Pascal opened the game up with the three of his own. So, he was like, all right, fuck you. I'm going to hit my own three. And then they just kind of went back and forth for a little bit. But other than that he got to the rim and toronto has guys with long arms and length and they're athletic and stuff like that but they're not like rim protectors right so he was just getting to the rim and just you know putting the ball trying to make the layup and they were going in sometimes whereas against philly they got Embiid, you know down there um uh against indiana they got a lot of like bouncy type of rim protectors you know they got obviously miles turner and then you got guys like uh jalen smith and um they got another guy I'm forgetting, but I think, uh, yeah, Isaiah Jackson or something like that. They got guys that, that can jump and block shots. So I think he just, he's deterred easily by good rim protectors, which, you know, is probably the smart thing, but I can see how it can be a little bit annoying. Um, and then his other shot that he usually goes to is like that little floater in the paint. Again, if there's a good rim protector there, he's probably not going to get it off. So I think it's just matchup dependent. That's why against teams like Memphis, he doesn't look that great. And then against the Celtics, he didn't look that great in the playoffs as far as scoring because they got guys that can just block a shot at the rim. Um, whereas when he was a lot younger, he could finish with dunks a lot more often and teams respected his three point a little bit more. So he had like more driving lanes and cutting lanes and stuff like that. So I think it's just going to be one of those things all season where if we run into a team, that got a shot blocker. He's probably not going to score a lot. And if we run into a team like Utah that don't have any shot blockers really other than like Walker Kessler come off the bench, he's going to run right past guys and get to the rim. So that's just, what I see with Draymond at this point. Memphis annoys me. Like, I know, yeah. are they still number one? I know they took the number one spot and like, uh, they, they, they were tired. dancing and being goofy. And I was just like, I hate this fucking team so much, yo. I, really- <laughs> <laughs> I think they might be tied with the Pelicans still. I think both of them and the Pelicans lost their last game. Um, no, no, they're, they're nope. up. They're they up. up. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Pelicans have lost three in a row quietly. Um, and the Pelicans, yeah, they were up. I thought they were going to beat Phoenix again. I'm like, how y'all lose that game? I need to be able to clown the Suns all the fucking time. Book went yeah. off though in that game. 
Yeah, book dropped almost a 60 piece. The Grizzlies just lost to OKC without Shea, though. So, uh, the Grizzlies. That's always yeah. going to be what I'm going to say about them. Um, <laughs> I cannot stand that team. But anyway, we don't have to talk about them now. We'll be talking about them for Christmas Day. Good God. I want us to somehow beat them. I don't. I just want us to beat them. I know it's going to be hard, but like if we can get Andrew back that day mm-hmm. and they really focus, I really think we have a chance to win that game. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they're not world beaters over there. Like it's going to have to be JP and Clay scoring, you know, hitting from the outside because Jaron has been on a tear defensively. So I'm not sure how many shots at the rim are going to be really available. But if they use their speed against Steven Adams, um, don't get killed on the glass then they definitely got a shot. Um, yeah. It's going to have to be a big Joku game. That's a tall <laughs> task. But you know That's what? That's a tall let's, task for sure. Let's, let's hold off because we're going to talk. We're going we're gonna to give y'all an episode after the Christmas game, but we're also going to like preview it and get into that a little bit. So later this week. So let's save Justin's wisdom and insight <laughs> until then and keep y'all waiting and hanging on. Um, <laughs> um so they said three more games at a minimum before we get Andrew back. So that means Christmas Day. We're not going to see him for this road trip, um, which was my fear. Um, I really want Andrew back. And then, like, I don't know if I love that his first game back would be Christmas. I don't know how he'll be feeling, you know, but I really want him back. So I'm hoping we get him back for Christmas Day. What will having him back, like, if this team can remain healthy with everyone else without Steph, like, Mm -hmm. what kind of team are they realistically? Like, I'm not talking about, like, just at least staying at 500. But if this was the team without Steph and it was just these guys, like, are they, like, a playing team or are they worse than that? I mean, probably worse. The the league is so good at this point um, that they'll probably be – a playing team, I mean, below a playing team, but I do think they can hold just because the league, the, the season is so long. I think eventually they would just kind of like not have enough to be in the play in. But for this stretch of games without Steph, they can definitely hover around 500, maybe be a little bit above it um, because they got this homestand coming up and it's a lot of bad teams in this, uh, in this group coming up. But I think Andrew, what he brings is just bad in quotations. Cause I feel like no teams are bad. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I mean, we just saw. I mean, Orlando is on like a, a winning streak at this point, right? Um, I think Charlotte just beat somebody they weren't supposed to beat the other night, and then uh, Detroit just was in a dog fight with the Nets last night. So even without Cade, so yeah, no, there are no easy wins as we've seen early in this season. But Andrew coming back just provides some more scoring. If he can keep his hot shooting up, that would be amazing because that's just more just consistent, efficient scoring right there. And then obviously defensively and what he brings athletically um he prevents so many plays from happening because of his length and his athleticism and that he can make so many plays on the other end as well so he provides a, a huge punch he's, he's been playing like an all-star season so gaining an all-star obviously just provides a ton of value for your team um and like you said that against rule the that they put in place is really whack like did you see how they changed the voting for all-star and called it the wiggins rule no <laughs> that's crazy what was it what they was got it? rid of twitter voting because they were like, because they they brought up the the group that like basically encouraged us to tweet for him. Which, by the way, 
Andrew was getting a lot of votes before that. Like before they actually did that tweet, he was mm-hmm. leading Draymond. That's like, ridiculous. Dub Nation was just showing up for him. And I also think like, you know, like, I don't know, because I get, like, mixed opinions, but, like, he's from Canada. Like, maybe Canada was just voting for him. You know, like, some people say he's not liked over there, but other people are like, nah, we fuck with, like, you know, Andrew over here. I mean, Drake mm. names him in songs. So, you know, I just, you know, and then it does, isn't his shoe, like, a Chinese shoe brand? Like, doesn't he? I want to say, I want to say, uh, yeah, it might be. So I'm just like, people just might like him individually and was voting for him because honestly people keep saying like, Oh, Oh oh yeah. K-pop, you know, got him there. But I'm like, actually he was like having high vote totals before they even did that tweet. And he was actually mm-hmm. always leading Dre last year in the votes. So. And he was playing at an all-star level and guys were hurt. So I don't understand. Right. It was outrageous. Like K-pop. And I'm like, y'all already have parameters in place. To prevent against that that's why the media and the players vote and even with that like he would have still gotten it so i thought that was so like crazy like yeah. i don't think they but like unofficially it's like the wiggins rule like that's why they put it in place so they've like eliminated twitter voting and i'm just like listen that is just so disrespectful to me and i'm like why do y'all want to ostracize the team that brings you the most fucking revenue and money like that makes no sense to me yeah. The all-star game is for the fans. And if the fans want to fucking see Andrew Wiggins, then let them see Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> I don't even Who think he played you a time. fucking people? Because now look at that. He came back this year and was playing well. So you're acting like it was some anomaly, like he shouldn't have been there. And then exactly. he, he belonged there. He belonged was- there. He he finished the season strong. He had one of the best playoff runs, um, you know, Second on the team. best player in the Celtics series, in the finals. Exactly. Like, outplayed really both Tatum and Brown if you <laughs> if you think about it and then came back this season and had an even better regular season so far so I think he's validated his all-star uh selection many times over yeah so that's that's just ridiculous it's not like how they almost got Zaza in that one time like that okay I understand people being upset about that but like this is a guy who's actually playing at the level he's supposed to be playing at to be an all-star so that's right, just which is why weird. they put measures in place because of the Zaza thing. So you didn't right. need to add additional measures. I think we're going to go back to Twitter voting next year because this shit is stupid. Because you're going to also see like the vote totals go down overall in general. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's like, it's kind of dope when you see like, oh, bronze staff, 8 million plus votes, you know? And like, everyone was just like, oh, they're doing this, like, you know, Nike stuff. And I'm like, Steph is not going to be impacted by this. Steph is going to still be the first or second top vote getter regardless so like this mm-hmm. doesn't hurt a player like Steph it's just really fucked up to me Andrew don't deserve yeah. that yeah there was some things going on last last season with like bots and stuff though but I think all players were not a lot of players were getting the benefit from bots so I'm not gonna they were no and I said something about that and then of course you know Twitter loves me so they they ratioed me and they were just like oh oh <laughs> she's like calling this rigged and the, I'm just like son like the way that he caught up and then the bad stuff it was like come on bro like what are we doing <laughs> yeah so from that regard I know who I he is but like Steph had a huge lead and yeah. in a matter of like he caught the lead and then surpassed him by like a lot it just was funny that's all right we interesting can leave it stuff. there very interesting all right there's still one more player I want to ask you about, so let's real quick get to him and then and break. But did you see anything from? 
actually there's two more players so let's let's break there because i actually do want to ask you about two more guys um and then we can uh i don't know talk about some more stuff so guys we'll be back it's nat and justin we appreciate you for joining us stay tuned another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america and a member fdsc for all nba, for all NBA warriors you are now tuned into golden spaces with matt and justin it's golden spaces we're back an odyssey original podcast i don't know why i'm talking like this but hey let's do it it's justin and matt how are you justin we're back are you ready to conclude our show yeah i'm ready i'm ready i'm doing good too (laughs) (laughs) vibes back the vibes for room um so you know there's been a little conversation going because you know sometimes people still bring up gp2 and like now people are starting to say like Dante actually does more for this team than GP2, right? So that's been like a little discussion. And, you know, when we did, when we talked about Dante coming to the team, like, as you know, like I was not as distraught as everyone else to see GP2 go because like, I was just like, I mean, yes, he was really amazing and I wish they would have kept him, but I felt like Dante was an adequate replacement. And also I just, his, his durability always concerned me, GP2s. And we're seeing that sort of play out this season. So I was always, I think, a little bit more okay with it than others. And I think there's just some people that still can't let go. But I have started to see some people be like, mm, GPT wasn't doing, GP2 wasn't doing that, you know, like with respect to some of the things Dante does. Or, you know, some people saying like Dante actually adds more to this team than GP2. So look, they're different players and they they add different things. I still feel comfortable with my assessment that he's an adequate enough replacement. But like, what are your thoughts on like, is is DiVincenzo actually doing more for this team? It, like, is he a better fit? Like, what do you think? Um, I think they're different. I think they're both, like you said, GP2 is an amazing player. So I think what he brought to the team was something that was lacking. And like the type of plays that he makes, no one else in the league really makes him. So it's kind of hard to compare him to somebody like Dante, right? So he would come in, make pick six, you know, type of plays, like, just pick up a guy 94 feet, just strip their dribble, and then just go on the other end and just dunk it, right? And then he would just wouldn't miss any layups around the rim. So perfect oh, cutter God. and stuff like Dante. that. He's right. missing them layups. He's like belly right. part too. Like, but he does <laughs> he does enough other stuff on the court not to drive me crazy, but like Dante, yeah. I need you to work on your finishing. Like you don't finish anything. And it has cost us at some crucial moments in the game. Yeah. I mean, in a way, he's kind of like the guard version of what belly brought to them but he's just like more of a point point of attack defender you know obviously but you know long-range shooting supplemental playmaking stuff like that being able to attack a closeout and then make the extra pass so that's stuff that gp2 wasn't bringing because gp2 didn't get the type of defense 
on the perimeter that Dante is getting. And he obviously wasn't as much of a ball handler as Dante is. So they're just so different. It's hard for me to compare them one to one as far as like value. Um, obviously Dante can do some of the point of attack stuff that GB2 does. But like I said, GB2 is extremely unique in his ability to guard guys um, and play defense the way he does. Dante, he's just, he's been knocking his role out of the park though. Right. So making guys uncomfortable on the dribble, forcing some turnovers, um, hitting shots when he's open. Again, if I wish his finishing was better. And I think every team that he's played for has said the same thing, like, especially after the ankle thing, like his injury, I think his, it took some of his athleticism away. Um, so he struggles a little so bit finishing. finishing more about your touch around the rim. Yeah. I don't think he has like a, a tremendous amount of touch, <laughs> you know? So that's, you know, something that he just might not be amazing at, right. If he was amazing at that thing, then we probably wouldn't be able to acquire him for the price. And I do think he'll end up outperforming his price uh, for the upcoming year. So he probably won't be on the Warriors next year, but he's been yeah doing everything that they need him to do. Um, so as far as comparing him straight to GP two, it's just hard for me to do because they are completely different players. But as far as the, as far as the replacement and the value, he's done a great job so far. So hopefully he can just keep it up and stay healthy for the full season in the playoffs. Okay. Did you see anything from James Wiseman in the Philly game that you liked or gave you a little hope? And I'm not really saying to be a contributor for this year, but just anything that you liked. He was getting a hard time from the fan base. And I, I feel like in this instance, it's a little unfair because it's Joel Embiid. And like, yeah. you just pick up fouls guarding Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. um, him and um, Poole had that nice play, the pick and roll, and he got like the dunk and, yeah. you know, Steph went crazy. Like, Steph, you need to calm down because we don't need you re-injuring that shoulder. Right. But, you know, like, everyone was hype, you know. Um, so, obviously, that was a great play. But did you see anything from him that, like, were like, okay, he's coming along or something? Um, I mean, he you didn't play no, a ton. That's the answer. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I did. The, that one play, he definitely got a really solid screen on there. And that's one of the little things that I think could take his game up a notch, right? If he can consistently set hard screens because he's such a big body, right? If you look at what Joel Embiid was doing, and obviously Joel Embiid is a superstar in this league, but he runs a screen with Harden and like Joku was getting smacked on those screens. Like it's hard to get around his body just from him being that size. And then he sets screens with intention and with power and strength. So it makes it even harder to get around him. And it just creates a ton of space with James Harden it creates a ton of space for his role, right? When he either pops or rolls straight to the basket, you you got a lot of space to work with. So it's just hard to defend that, right? And you saw what James Wiseman set a monster screen, got a lot of contact on it. JP had a clear lane to the basket. So Joel has to step up and then it's an easy dump down and then you give him a runway. He's going to be able to elevate and, and punch it through. So if he can consistently do things like that, he adds a ton of value offensively. And this is like the vertical spacing thing that a lot of people were, kind of hinting at early in the season that he can provide, but you, it starts with the screen. It starts with creating space for the ball handler so the other defenders can react to it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's tough to guard Embiid. So <laughs> not really going to fault him for picking up the fouls and stuff like that as Embiid is such a tough cover. But, yeah, he's got to focus on the little things. And I think, you know, the time in the G League has definitely helped him out, but he might need a little bit more time down there. Do you think we're going to see more of him during this time when Steph is out? Probably, uh, I think depending on the matchup, but I mean, JMG has been playing a lot better recently. Um, I think last game was his best game of the season. 
He had a few threes against Philly in the second half. So I think he might have found his shot a little bit. Hopefully that can be more consistent. So if he's playing better, then he'll eat some more minutes. And it might be tough for James Wiseman to get back into the rotation. But if he kind of goes, if JMG goes back to like how he's playing before, not really playing well, then it might be an opportunity for James again. Okay. So these are all good things, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, these guys playing better is a right. good thing. So, like, when Steph comes back, like, we're hoping it's like the tailbone that he comes back. And, like, this is probably going to be the part of the season where they got to, like, run off those, like, we said, like, 15 out of 20 wins or whatever. They're going to need mm -hmm. to. Because, I mean, at this point, the goal has to be just to finish within that top six, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the goal still should be top top Four. three. I think it should be top three, to be honest. Um, I mean, depending on – I mean, you're probably going to see either uh, Memphis or New Orleans, even though actually the Nuggets are tied with uh, New Orleans. So I, <laughs> I, I kind of don't want to play with the basketball gods here and try to play for wherever Denver is. But, um, yeah, that's you, you want to see Denver in the first round over those other – two teams i think in my opinion uh because denver's defense is just an atrocity so yeah i think you should definitely strive for top three but if you if you're going to fall out of the top three um you you just hope denver's at one if you're at four in my opinion okay yeah i mean okay. if they hover around if they hover around 500 while steph is out that'll be at about the midpoint of the season um and they'll have about 40 ish games left and if they run off, you know, like like you said, if the guys kind of find their game while he's out and then they continue when he comes back and they, he could just add on to that, um, maybe they pick up another player in the meantime that can just throw up their front court, then I can't see why they can't win 28 out of the, the final 40, you know what I mean, and jump up the standings. So we'll, we'll see. Denver has five less wins than us at the three spot. Five less losses losses yeah i just feel like i don't know four less losses feels not as far to me as five less losses i know there's only one difference but it feels five just feels so much greater than four um but let's are you talking about as far as like oh outperforming them for the rest of the season yeah yeah it's gonna be tough but like i said i mean None of these teams have created a ton of separation. That's why I'm thinking if the Warriors have one huge run in them, then they can cover a lot of ground. Because I think a lot of these teams are just going to win at the same pace that they've been winning. Whereas with the Warriors, you can clearly see why, you know, like this isn't the ceiling of the Warriors is much higher than these other teams. I think these teams are just going to continue to win at the same pace that they've been winning at. But the Warriors have a big run in them, kind of similar to the Celtics last year. And they can just like shoot up the standings where everybody just hovers to where they already are. Um, so we'll see. Okay. Well, I'm sort of excited again. I hope they don't like, you know, I, I, my, I'm managing my expectations, right? Like I'm not expecting this team to like go on a win streak if they do. Hey, even better. But, mm -hmm. um, I really don't want it to be like last year where they, when Steph first went down and they just lost and lost and lost. And then finally, at the end, they sort of gathered themselves and 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 got a few wins, much needed for them to hold on to the three spot, right? So I'm hoping it's not like that. I'm hoping they just can kind of steadily stay around 500. Um, and as long as I see them in games, right? Like 
they were in the Philly game. Right. Right. And we know that that's the better team. They have two stars. So, or they have a superstar and, or whatever. And a guy who used to be a superstar, but <laughs> who can still, who can still make plays. Right. And so. Yeah. I still say he's a, he's a star still. He just ain't MVP level. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, um, so yeah. So, but like, you're right. I mean, I'm just taking like a, I know we kind of said we're out of the prediction game, but like, let's just take a little quick look at the schedule. Right. So I'm looking and we're saying let's split one of the next two at a minimum. And like New York, look, just split one of the two. If you get one, whichever one we're happy with, but New York probably is the one to like really go for. That seems mm-hmm. more realistic. Right. The next, yeah. so they come back home on Christmas day. It should be competitive with Memphis. Mm-hmm. They need and to they fucking look- beat Charlotte because they didn't beat Charlotte last year, and we know because like they should have won in Charlotte last last year, whatever year it was before Draymond. No, that was two. Se- what, what the season we had Kelly Oubre when Draymond decided to throw that game, right? So like we know they can fucking <laughs> compete. That's not what happened. Yeah, that's that's what happened. That's why I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> definitely what happened. Oh, like am I being too hard on it right the- now? Okay. That season was nah, yeah. That, that game crazy. made me so fucking angry. Anyway, um, so they need to be Charlotte, but they have Charlotte and Utah on a back to back. But they need to fucking make up for that loss in Utah. So they gotta win two of those games. They gotta dig deep and find a way to beat both of those teams, right? Mm-hmm. So, like to me, even though those games are back to backs, I want to see them beat Charlotte and Utah. I would like for them to beat Memphis, but you know they may not. And then, like, Portland, you know, Dame, you know, so. Whoever plays with Portland, because they, they they be having guys in and out of lineup, like, all the time, I feel they like. They do. Those are winnable games, but, like, in those four games at home, I'm, like, at a minimum, you better go two and two. At a minimum, right? So, then they got Atlanta, who has not been playing well. Yeah. They got Detroit. They got Orlando, who had, you know, so, and like, before you see Phoenix. So, like you said, I mean, some winnable games in here, even without Steph. So, that is, starting with the homestand, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight games during that homestand. Based Mm -hmm. on the teams I told you they have, Memphis, Charlotte, Utah, Portland, Atlanta, Detroit, Orlando, Phoenix. It's eight games. I would like them to go five and three. Is that possible? I was thinking the same thing, to be honest. Um, it's definitely possible. We'll see if they can bring the same effort they brought it in Toronto um, against these teams. But like you said, keep it competitive with Memphis. Keep it competitive with Phoenix. Um, keep it competitive with Portland and Utah. I think, you know, those two games, you can see it going either way, but Charlotte, Atlanta, Detroit, Orlando got to be wins, even though Orlando has been playing much better. Those got to be wins. And then you any just team you already to... lost to, you got to win this time. That's how I feel. So you ready. You don't want to like lose the whole, even if you're not going to see them in the playoffs, you don't want to lose the full regular season, right. season series. So exactly. Got to be so Orlando. Got to beat Orlando, Detroit and Charlotte. Cause they all beat you and their place. So you got to beat them at your place. Um, yeah, Phoenix has already beat them twice, so it would be nice to get them. And yeah, they can go. I think they can go five and three here for sure. It would be amazing if they can go like obviously better than that, but five right. and three would put them a game above 500, I'm pretty sure. 
Well, and then you're oh, and if they split the 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 two games before that, right, right, right. If they split, the, yeah, the Knicks and the Nets game. If they split those, um, they'll be over five hundred by the end of that, and then it'll be in territory staff return territory, hopefully, and uh, yeah, then you then you rolling from there. So I know I think some people were expecting some sparks between me and you on the show um this episode because we had a little back and forth on the TL about Steph oh his injury and like what was the cause for it and um that's not what me and Justin do you know even right. when we disagree that's just not us so I'm sorry if we disappointed but I think we're pretty interesting <laughs> that so right right um Justin respects me and he don't be saying crazy stuff to me. So we respectfully disagree, not like some of you other people on the TL. So Right. I mean, if you tweet me and with something like disrespectful towards that, obviously I'm not gonna respond to you. Like I'm not gonna <laughs> feed that, you know what I mean? <laughs> Trying to like indirectly like talk. Oh, is that what they I'm do? Because I don't even look at the comments. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes people do that and it's like bro i'm not going to respond to you like so well i just appreciate you justin thank you yeah no problem <laughs> yeah you're not gonna get that from us like it's okay to disagree with people you know so um so yeah but this has been fun looking forward to the games this week um we're gonna be recording i think after the brooklyn game so you guys won't have anything from us till after the Brooklyn game. And then we're going to do another episode later in the week to preview Christmas Day. So, um, and talk about some other stuff happenings around the league. So thanks for tuning in, guys. As always, you know, follow, subscribe, download, share, tell a friend, and leave positive reviews. Keep your other stuff to yourself, okay? You can DM <laughs> us about that, all right? Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Until next episode, take care. <laughs> Bye.